hello. Hello. Hey. How's it going? Good. Pretty good. Wow. See, that's a, a much different tune from last week. Yeah. Yep. This movie doesn't fill me with nearly as much existential dread. <laughs> nope. I am not at 95% this week. Uh, I am back to my normal <laughs> 85. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely uh, am not questioning the meaning of existence right now. And that feels uh, pretty good, actually. Yeah, I feel great. Yeah, it's a nice feeling. Yeah. I kind of feel like I just want to like go on an adventure in the woods. I don't know if I'd go that far. I would. I'd like to support you in your going on an adventure in the woods. But you going with me would be the cute part. Uh, Lame. <laughs> is there something we could do at home that's cute? Um, No. Nothing? Not related to this movie. Yeah, you can sit there reading while he paints. Ooh, yeah, I'll paint you nude. <laughs> No, thanks. We can just make a paper mache person. Dude, that sounds like so much work. <laughs> and it's probably not going to come out very well. No, it won't. Holy cow, people. Hello and welcome to episode 33. Who knows? Sure. I know. It's 33, I think. Okay. <laughs> uh, episode 33 of Oh, We Watch Movies and Then Talk About Them, the only podcast on the internet where we watch a movie and then talk about it. There may be others where other people watch a movie and then talk about it, but this is the only one where we do it. My name is Andrew Westensko. I am host of this year podcast, joined at my right hand in life and in all things by Becca. Hello. And at my left hand, mostly just for the podcast, but also in friendship by Sid. Hey. Man, you've got this intro down. Dude, I know. You'd think I was just sampling it, but I throw a little bit of spice in every time I emphasize different words. You know Switch what I mean? it up. Um, first order of business. I've been asked to deliver a shout out. And this is a shout out that I will deliver because it's it's really cool. Somebody wrote to us. What? We received an email and the email was just asking for a shout out. Uh, <laughs> Jacob Ankney, friend of the show. There you go. There's your shout out, dude. <laughs> you guys don't know him. I do. He asked for a shout out. He gets a shout out. I don't right. care. Cool. Write into us at uh, contact at wewatchpodcast.com and you'll get a shout out as well. But hopefully your message will be much more substantial than just asking for a shout out because we will take questions, hot takes, or movie requests as well. But we like contact anyway. Yeah, do it. <laughs> Email us, contact at wewatchpodcast.com, or message us, facebook.com slash wewatchpodcast. Uh, slide into the DMs on Instagram, preferably, at wewatchpodcast, but you can also do it on Twitter. I just might not see it for a few weeks because I hardly get on Twitter. But if a lot of people tweeted us, we'd get on Twitter. I think I would get notifications. Probably. I'm not sure. I should probably follow us. <laughs> Me too. We tweeted uh, twice, I think. The first tweet was, excited to see Endgame. And the second tweet was, just saw Endgame. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the extent of our Twitter presence. Wow. Um, if you guys want to see more tweets from us, email us. <laughs> or tweet at us enough times that my phone sends me a notification. I don't care. Uh, that's also at We Watch Podcast. Guys, we're, we're back on it today. Okay, we're feeling happy. We're feeling light. There's a, a bouncy energy in the air, right? 
Definitely. Feels I'm good. I'm your first follower. Dude, no way. Yay. Sid's our first follower. That feels great. <laughs> um, but we did put some endgame hashtags in there, so I feel like people definitely saw my tweets. But not anymore because someone liked one of them. Wait, for real? And they didn't follow us? Some guy named King Lit93. King Lit93, why didn't you follow us? You just like my tweet and then don't follow? Follow for follow, bro. Let's do it. I don't care. Um, guys, we're talking about uh, Moonrise Kingdom today, which is Wes Anderson's 2012 film, his third most recent at this point. Uh, we have previously covered the Grand Budapest Hotel on this very podcast, an episode which you should definitely check out if you are a fan of Wes Anderson, as we all are. He also has released Isle of Dogs since then, which I have not seen. Sid has seen it. Mm-hmm. I have also not seen it. I want to see it. Me too. Go back to some stop motion. We should just watch Fantastic Mr. Fox tonight. That sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Moonrise Kingdom uh, stars just the very uh, little lip of Bill Murray's gut as it hangs out over his <laughs> beautiful pajama pants. Um, and it is. I don't think those were pajama pants. They were they were not? just his regular pants. I want them either way. I'd wear them to bed. <laughs> um. And it is the story of young love. That's all you're going to get. Because if you haven't seen it, uh, then you should go watch it. Uh, this podcast will fully spoil the entire movie. So if you haven't seen it, uh, is it a recommend from all of us? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So go watch it. It's only like 80 minutes long minus credits. Um, so you should go watch it because it is very good. And then come back and listen to the podcast because we're going to dive right into this one uh format of the show for any newcomers basically we do some hot takes which are short opinions on the film overall then we'll do some in-depth discussion each of us can bring up any topic that we want follow that up uh there's not very much this time from what i understand but sid will give us the best of the best of imdb movie trivia uh she reads so you don't have to uh following that we will have our final thoughts and a score out of 10 and we will finish it up with some other topics. Any other movies we want to talk about, TV shows we've been watching, uh, this is really a free-for-all. So, let's get into it. Hot takes. Don't burn yourself on these hot takes. <laughs> Becca? Right, that's, that's my cue. Becca, what's your hot take? My hot take is I love this movie so much. Like, I think I knew that I would love it because... I love everything Wes Anderson, and that's something that we'll get into, I'm sure. But I've realized and decided that Wes Anderson is my favorite director and that I will watch any of his movies because they're all amazing. And this one was also amazing. And I was like trying to think about like what it is that makes his movies so special to me. And I think it's in this one I realized like he brings this... um, like side of imagination and like gets you really engaged and involved. And I feel like using your imagination, usually when you watch a movie, you don't use your imagination, but I feel like I was in this one and it was like just exciting. And this like very, I don't know, vibrant, beautiful world that I was watching. And I just loved every second of it. And the music was amazing and the acting was amazing and I'm really excited for this podcast because I just want to talk about how amazing this movie is. 
So that's, that's my hot take. That's pretty spicy. Let's just clear one thing up from the outset. Um, Becca bought herself Moonrise Kingdom for my birthday. That is not true. <laughs> <laughs> Becca is really good at buying uh, birthday gifts because she always buys... Uh, something that she and the gift receiver would very much enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> Let me clear this up. Andrew handed me a list of things that I could buy him for his birthday, and I chose two of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's also a fair point. <laughs> Explain the bowling shoes then, Becca. I ha- I had to buy myself bowling shoes so that we could go bowling together. <laughs> I didn't have to wrap them up and give them to you, though. (laughs) That's correct. On my birthday two years ago, Becca handed me two boxes wrapped up. And I said, wow, this is quite exciting. No, it was two boxes in one bag. Oh, that's right. Uh, So she gave me her bowling shoes that she had bought for herself for my birthday. (laughs) I didn't think through it when I was handing you the gift. (laughs) I thought it was a great gift. It was a good gift. Well, you keep mocking me for it. It's just funny. All right. All right. <laughs> Sit. how hot is your hot take? I don't feel like mine's very hot. Um, I like this one. It. I don't know, this was the very first one I, I ever saw um, of his. And I like it. But I don't know. There's just something about it that doesn't quite grab me as his other ones do it's definitely more like um like andrew's situation with denny Valneu and prisoners where that's his least favorite not because it's bad but because all of his other movies are so great so i think that's kind of what it is for me um and i'm not entirely sure why i have some theories about it but i'm not sure but i i do really like this one this one um the thing that really stuck out to me in this one was the screenplay and just how like blunt all the dialogue is and I just I think it's amazing. It just like counteracts the the whimsy of the set and like the production design and everything. I think it's a great contrast. But I don't know if this one I don't just something about it is just not my favorite. I still like it though. So let's uh, let's clarify a little bit uh, what defines how hot a hot take is, right? Your hot take is not hotter depending on how much you like the movie. Your hot take is hotter depending on how controversial your opinion is. Hmm. So for me, that's an extra spicy hot take. Then I guess I'm the spiciest. That's a spicy hot take. Okay. I think, especially coming right after Becca. Yeah. I think uh, that this movie might be the cutest thing i've ever seen in my life um and having said that and having heard your two hot takes i think i fall somewhere in between though um i don't i've seen half of wes anderson's movies at this point and i don't know it it might go on the bottom for me as well but that's just because again his other ones are so good and while i was watching it there's a lot of really interesting things going on and i think that it does have 
a lot kind of bubbling under the surface and a lot of things that you can take away from it. I also think it's, I guess not more. It's very characteristic of him to have a very enjoyable movie that has some very, very complex undertones, right? So you have something like Fantastic Mr. Fox, which is basically about entering middle age and like the complicated relationship that you have with your own life at that point, right? Or like Grand Budapest Hotel, which is essentially the history of an imaginary country and its rise and fall, which is something that resonates very heavily with me uh, because of my love of Eastern Europe and all of those republics that no longer exist. Um, Again, you can check out our episode on that uh, movie to learn more. But So it's very characteristic of him to have a very enjoyable screenplay, something that's very fun to watch, very whimsical, with a lot of complex things going on underneath. And so I think that the themes of this one are some of my favorite from something that, uh, like from anything that I've, I've seen from him. Um, and even having said that though, I kind of fall where you do Sid. that like, even as I was enjoying it, it didn't wrap me up in the world the same way that something like grand Budapest hotel or even like bottle rocket does. Right. Like it's, it's almost like it's a little more self-aware than some of his other movies like some of those other ones specifically like grand budapest hotel or fantastic mr fox just like lean in real hard to the whimsy and this one i feel like there was a few scenes where while very important basically the movie blinked for a second and it it almost kind of took me out of it and i'll explain what i mean later on but that's i'm having complicated feelings on this one because i love what it's saying and i love what it's doing and i did really enjoy watching it and it is absolutely freaking adorable like from start to finish but yeah at the same time like i didn't i didn't feel as much like i was in the world of the movie as i do on other wes anderson films if that makes sense Mm -hmm. that's not to say i didn't love it because i did love it and like as soon as it was over like we could have started it again and i probably would have been happy (laughs) so i don't know it's it's I'm having complicated thoughts right now. Well, let's unpack them. Let's unpack them. <laughs> well, who wants to start? Uh, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> I can start. Um, I mean, I I think I understand where both of you are coming from, and I don't. I also don't think that this is my favorite Wes Anderson movie. I don't know if I can order them yet but I think what I love so much about this one is just well and all of them and I I mentioned this I guess already but it's like it takes place in the real world and there's aspects of the real world but then it's also just like so like out of this world almost and like just like something that wouldn't actually happen like two 12-year-old kids aren't going to just run away in the woods and be fine and be able to fish and camp and survive and um, stab someone with scissors. and <laughs> So freaking hard. That's such a power move. <laughs> Put a motorcycle on a tree. <laughs> yeah, that's still... I, I love that. <laughs> just 
you hear somebody screaming and it cuts and there's she's got bloody scissors and a motorcycles and a tree <laughs> <laughs> but i feel like i don't know for me it resonates with me and like my childhood like i feel like every kid just wants like an adventure and to be able to just go and do something and so i think when i mentioned earlier about imagination like that's where it comes in like thinking back to being a a child and like having this imagination and thinking that I could make it on my own if I were to like just go run away and have an adventure or something but the reality is that it wouldn't happen and I don't know I think it it just like got in the mind of a child really well and showed that really well and I definitely got really wrapped up into it and just adored it. I did tear up right at the end. The ending is really sweet. Yeah, it is really sweet. Cute. Um, see, I'm going to take a, a, a small, I don't know if you'd call it a counterpoint to you and you're going to laugh at me because you say I do this for every single movie. But I think that, I think this is, I think this is a movie made about children for parents. Yeah, I, I see that. Yeah. I don't think that a kid would watch that and be like, oh, yeah, that's how I think. But, yeah, I agree with that, that, like, it gets in the mind of a child, of a child mm-hmm. yeah. to help an adult understand how a child thinks. Yeah, again, I don't think that most children are self-aware enough to watch something like this and be like, oh, that's how my mind works. But they could watch this and get wrapped up in it the same way that Susie does in her books. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And, like the more adult aspects of it could go just right over their head. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I, and this is where I come down on it because I think, again, I think the underlying themes and what the movie is trying to say is super admirable and important. And I love it because essentially the way I understand the movie is you have these two worlds living side by side, right? Inside of this fantastical world. Basically, you have the world that the children live in and you have the world that the adults live in. And while it's technically the same world, it's really not, right? And the movie demonstrates that, I think, really well, mostly because in the adult world, there are consequences and in the children's world, there are not, right? Like, you do the smallest thing and, it, you know, it can really mess you up, right, in the adult world. So, like, Edward Norton gets stripped of his rank because his troop gets away. Mm-hmm. Whereas Sam gets struck by lightning, does a triple backflip, and is like, I'm fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, yeah. the, it, I think the movie shows very distinctly that these, the, these two groups of people live in very distinct worlds. That doesn't make the world that the children live in less dangerous because it is less dangerous or it is more dangerous, not more. It is dangerous, right? Yeah. Like you said, like two kids couldn't probably, I mean, I guess if they were like really crazy, they could make it, but like they're not going to walk out into the woods with a suitcase full of books that apparently weighs a pound because that (laughs) suitcase would be heavy. Yeah. Like they're not going to walk out with a suitcase full of books and a record player and like make it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so we know as adults that there are consequences for things and that things aren't always just going to work out. Mm-hmm. But the kids don't know that. And the response of the adults is to kind of shut that whimsy down on the side of Susie's parents and social services. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
and on the side of the scouts, he kind of enables it, right? Yeah. Like, they build the ridiculous treehouse, and he's just like, well, that's not safe, but doesn't make him take it down or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like, it just kind of is there. And I think that Bruce Willis's character is kind of the the key to this movie, and the, the answer is not to do either of those, to not stifle that childish whimsy, but to not entirely enable it as well. But our job as adults and as parents when that time comes is to encourage that creative mindset, but to temper it to a reasonable degree so they don't hurt themselves. Yeah. So that's what I mean when I say, like, I think it's pretty complex what's going on over here because the movie's not saying, like, just let kids be kids. Ha, that's a fun movie. Like, it's like, yeah, it's complicated. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot going on. And kids live in a different world. And they don't understand the problems that adults have. But the kids need us. They need their parents. They need somebody to be there to encourage them, but also to temper them. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's It's one of those movies that, like, after watching it, I'm like... It's had an effect on how I want to raise children. You know what I mean? Like one of those kind of things. So I think that like that part of it, I, I love. And again, there's a lot of, so when I said earlier, like there's a few moments where like the movie blinks almost where it kind of takes you out of the whimsical world. But I also think that those moments are super important. I think that, um, like when Francis McDormand breaks up with Bruce Willis, that's one. Mm -hmm. Or when, uh, I don't remember any of their names. Bill Murray and Francis McDormand are laying in bed, and it, it probably one of the more heartbreaking lines in the entire movie. But when they're laying in bed, and um, they say something about like why you know why are we together or whatever, and he says the kids, the kids need us. Or what? How does the line go? Um, so he says something like I want the roof to open up and be sucked into space oh yeah and then she says no we need you here they expect things from us or something yeah like and that. he said he says that's not enough uh-huh. and like that's killer yeah and i don't know i think the dichotomy between like Susie having parents and sam being an orphan and like there's a lot of really interesting things going on like my only issue with this movie comes down just like that he doesn't quite meet the same standard of execution that he does on some of his other films. And so inevitably I'm going to compare this to other Wes Anderson films. If this film was in a vacuum, like fantastic, but like I'm allowed to expect a Royal Tenenbaums or a Grand Budapest Hotel because that's what he's given me. You Mm. know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. That's a whole long, huge rambling rant. Basically I love what is going on in this movie. Um, I just love some of his others more, and so it's hard for me to gush and gush and gush. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Even though I did just kind of gush. Whatever. It's Like I said, it's complicated. I'm having complicated feelings. <laughs> That's my rant. That was a good rant. That's your one rant for the episode. I only get one? Shut it up the rest of the time. All right, Becca. It's just us. Oh, okay. <laughs> cool. Hey, Sid. Um, I, I think while you guys were talking one thing kind of stuck out to me on why this this one doesn't quite work for me and we kind of talked about it um right after we finished it but andrew brought up that this is like the least wes anderson that he's made um 
And I think that's why, I don't know. I think that's why I don't like this one as much. Because, like, I love Wes Anderson. Like, as you're watching most of his movies, you're just, like, completely enamored with how everything is on screen, how he puts everything out there for you. And it, like, it feels like you're just watching a spectacle. And it's kind of, like, one of those few movies that just, like, afterwards, you're just, like... I love movies so much and you just want to cry about it. But I think because this one is like a little bit more based in reality, it's just not as fun for me. And also I think when I first watched it, I was like 18 and I was like really weirded out by like the little kid romance. And like they were talking about boners and I was just like (laughs) really put off by it. So I think that's one reason why I just like not super into it see and that's i don't know i think i fall on the other side of the fence like i wanted not more boner talk but like (laughs) i wanted more of the romance like that's that's what what yeah kept me going yeah i I did i did like that but i think just like that one scene where they're like on the beach it just like yeah sticks in my mind and for some reason i just like can't get over it watching it now i'm just like okay no big deal but i don't know little naive high school said wasn't a fan so and that's fair yeah i feel like there's a lot of movies that i've realized i need to be in the right place to really enjoy like thin red line i think i will like it again if i watch it and also this movie made me want to go watch birdman yeah (laughs) because i think that i will like it more like i think there's some movies just in the past year because we've watched so many movies together for this like i'm in a better place to accept some of the movies that i haven't accepted in the past year or two yeah so that's kind of off topic but i do think like it depends like movies Mm -hmm. can change and our opinions of them can change depending on where we're at in life absolutely i've had a number of movies that um we've watched either for the podcast or not for the podcast that coming right off of it, my hot take is totally different from how I feel about it a few months down the road. I think that Grand Budapest Hotel is one of those. Like, even though I really liked it on the podcast, I think I rated it like low eights. I easily rated a lot higher now. Like, cause it's, it's one that I've been able to sit and marinate with. Yeah. And I think that that's true of most good movies is that I all, like truly really good movies is I'll love them off the bat. And then as I'm able to sit with them, you see which ones have a little bit more staying power, I guess. So I think that even just the fact that Birdman keeps coming into your head is maybe an indication. Yeah. I really do think that if I watch it, like I think I'm almost ready to watch it again and really love it. Or maybe you're going crazy and you are literally seeing Birdman in this room right now. (laughs) It's Birdman. Please don't blow your nose off. Thank you. I'll do my best. <laughs> and then jump out of a window. Spoilers for Birdman. <laughs> Everybody here should go watch Birdman. It's a great movie. So good. It won Best Picture for a reason. Back when the Oscars were good and didn't award Green Book. I think I rated it in the sevens. Yeah. I always try and mention every episode that Green Book won Best Picture just to see the look on Sid's face. Just to see how much more defeated I can get every week. <laughs> It's just getting worse and worse. Last week, it was a close call because we were at a full 95% on the existential dread. 
Yeah. And I brought we up were, Green Book because I think we... We were pretty close to that level. <laughs> I think we need to stop talking about it, though, because now it's just being talked about. Can we I don't want to give it that. Shut up about Green Book for what? No. <gasps> Green Book will live on for eternity. <laughs> Not if I have anything to say about it. <laughs> she does have things to say about it. <laughs> so much. I still haven't seen it. And I don't, yeah. I don't honestly care to. If you want to watch Mahershala Ali, go watch uh, Moonlight. It's on Netflix, guys. Do it. Happy Moon, Pride Moon, Month. Moonlight is? Yeah. Oh, nice. Happy Pride Month. Yeah, hard. This is totally off topic, but you come here for the tangents, don't you guys? We love them. That's why I come here. You come here because <laughs> you live here. You live here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, Moonlight. Very deserving of that supporting actor, Oscar, that he won. Um, Mahershala kills that movie, at least the third of it that he is in. Um, hard recommend for Moonlight. That movie blew me away first time I saw it. The cinematography in that movie is unreal. Directing is unreal. 100% deserving of Best Picture. That's currently my number one of all the Best Pictures that I've seen. Oh, really? Guess what's second to last? Green Book? Yes. What's last? I think it's second to last. Let's see. Let's find out. Since you're making a list of all the best pictures you've seen? Yeah. Um, also, this is a side note, but one time I saw a list on Letterboxd that was all the movies mentioned in Star by Brockhampton. And it was amazing. <laughs> That's an incredibly random list. Yeah, it was great. Um, yeah, Moonlight's my number one. Uh, my last one is Annie Hall. Not a um, fan of that one. Yeah, I'm probably just not going to watch any Woody Allen. Probably not. I'll probably pirate the one that Timothy Chalamet's in, so I don't have to pay him. He's in one? Yeah, they filmed it like two years ago, but then someone remembered that he's a pedophile. Yeah, he was like, still a pedophile mm-hmm. then. He's been a pedophile for a while. Wait, Moonlight is your top? Yeah. What are your top five, just out of my top curiosity? Five. Let's see. I know it's Moonlight... Um, I can't even think. Signs of the Lambs, Rocky, 12 Years a Slave, um, Schindler's List. Birdman is number seven. Hmm. I'm doing just a quick scan here of the list because everybody out there cares. Um, I think mine would probably be either No Country for Old Men, Gladiator, or Return of the King. Would be my top one. Mm. But Moonlight and Spotlight are also... Ooh, Moonlight Spotlight. Super far up there. I think I need to reorganize this. All right, here we go, guys. We're merging back into traffic here. Moonrise Kingdom. Yes. So, as far as it goes, like, my beefs with this movie are very, 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 very small. Mm-hmm. Right? It literally just comes down to it didn't make me feel like I was living in the world as much as other Wes Anderson movies do. And I don't, honestly, I don't think it needed to for this movie. Like, I didn't feel like I needed to be there with them, I guess. Makes sense. I guess they do even have, like, the narrator to separate you from them. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It just very much felt like it reminded me of all my favorite, like, fantasy books growing up. And just, like, having an imagination and... I don't know. I thought for me, like this movie was very special. I really 
loved it. And I don't think that I needed to be in it, but just like watch it and And that's fair. I could just be it. projecting my own expectations of what a Wes Anderson movie is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And it's it's not the movie's responsibility to meet my expectations. Like it's whatever he wants it to be. Yeah. So I don't know. Who's your who's your guys' favorite characters? I think Sam was my favorite character. He's so cute. He's an awesome kid. (laughs) And he's just like, I don't know, his face and his like mouth was always like so serious the whole time. It was funny watching this because I'm pretty sure that Finn Wolfhart saw this movie (laughs) and was just like, that's my entire persona now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think my character, my, my character, my favorite character was either... Bill Murray. Well, that's not the character, but Bill Murray. I forget or, all their names. Or too. Edward Norton. Those guys were just. I just. I love Bill Murray, and I love his gut spilling over his pants. That's the freaking funniest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. Did I ever tell you guys that Bill Murray checked my mom out once? I was just gonna ask you that because I remember you telling <laughs> I talk me something about it a like lot. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bill Murray checked my mom out, and then like, you know, like hit his hit his brothers, be like, check her out. When was this? 80s and uh, you know people say i look a lot like my mom so if she could get bill murray then, then i could, could get, get bill, bill murray, murray. <laughs> hit me up Is that what you want bill murray i love bill murray bill murray friend of the podcast if you want to come on and marry me i think you might be a little old for you you know we can make it work <laughs> anybody here's the thing you can make anything work um, but he couldn't make it work with Francis McDormand. Well, no, they did make it work. They stayed together for the kids. Oh, I thought you were talking about in real life. No. I'm talking like, about I don't remember that. in the movie we're talking about. Oh, yeah. Sydney. I forgot about it. Sorry. That's fine. Uh, yeah, for me, it's a, it's a pretty close race between Edward Norton and uh, Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm. Honestly. I think that Bruce Willis, I think they're the two characters that have the most transformation over the course of the film. Um, and... I think that Bruce Willis learns the most as far as that divide between the, uh, the, the child world and the adult world. Um, mostly because he stops running around with Francis McDormand, but he helps Sam run around with uh, Susie, which is kind of cute because he gets like, that's kind of his, his whole deal at the end, right? Is he's like, I can't do this because... I'm an adult and it's got consequences. She's got a husband. Like, this is my life and, and whatever. But Sam, on the other hand, he's a 12-year-old kid. If he wants to go paint her, read in a book, have at it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no harm done. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. And then Edward Norton, like, learns what's important, right? Which is the people in your life. Mm-hmm. Social services is also amazing. <laughs> I think I'm really stuck in the the child world of this movie. Like... Those are my favorite scenes, my favorite characters. Like, I, I agree. I like the, well, the adult world is there, but like, I like being able to stay in the child world because it's more fun. It's a metaphor for Becca's life. Yes, right? I want to stay well, a kid. And I think it's super adorable that at the end, uh, I misspoke. At the end, he's not painting her reading a book. He's painting Moonrise Kingdom. Moonrise Kingdom. He's painting their little 
getaway, which doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that's really, really cute. Yeah. I that think so when, too. when he's looking at her to paint it, but when he sees her, he sees this like incredibly magical day that they had. Mm-hmm. And that's really cute. Yeah. Cause I don't know. I almost feel like in that scene, like the whole thing could have been more about their imagination than reality. Like, yeah, maybe. Maybe they didn't really run away, but it was just like a one day, like they went out in the woods and their parents couldn't find them for a couple hours or something like that. Could be. I mean, it's obviously a lot more dramatic than that in the movie, but I feel like just that last end scene and the idea that like that place doesn't exist anymore and like the kids are being like watched over like i don't know yeah. i don't know how much of it was real and how much of it was their imagination do we know at the end it flashes for like a second who the movie is for um yeah it's for junyon and that's wes anderson's girlfriend okay yeah that's really cute mm-hmm. that is cute cool i don't know what else anything else um, not to be a downer again, but I was just going to say, I think another reason why his other movies I like more is because they're rated R and I think, are they? Yeah. At least, um, like the two, I've, two of his live action rated R ones, like not the, the animated ones. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, Royal Tenenbaums and Grand Budapest are both R. I had no idea. Uh, I mean, like, they're not, like, No, I mean, it's crazy. not like they're, yeah. Yeah. But I think, like, kind of the way that, like, the language or, like, the weird abrupt violence, like, it kind of, I don't know, it just, like, makes the whimsy feel more fun. And it's it's, like, funny when you can kind of break out of the you know this like kind of trance that you're in and just like the the magic of a wes anderson movie like just chucking a cat out the window is hilarious it's 10 times funnier because they're just like you know everyone like they kind of act like posh and everything is just like beautiful and he just throws a cat i just i don't know i think that's i feel that i can can. he's able to take it farther yeah like it's just like a funny break from like this kind of like childlike atmosphere that you're in i honestly had no idea i mean honestly what this or any of his others were rated yeah because i realized this this is kind of cool i and i like this i really do criterion does not put the ratings of movies on their boxes catch like some super conservative person buying uh blue is the warmest color that would require them to spend $25 on a Blu-ray, uh, which I think is outside the wheelhouse of probably 95% of people who buy movies. Yeah. Because probably. iTunes exists. I don't think you buy Criterion on accident. Well, I did. but <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Royal Tenenbaums was my first Criterion, and I bought it on accident because it's the only Blu-ray that they had on Amazon at the time. I don't know if they have another one still. Mm-hmm. I know that Wes Anderson has, like... I don't know if it's just an understanding or like an actual contract or whatever with Criterion that they will release all of his movies. So that's so awesome. I'm just waiting for that Grand Budapest Hotel cover. I can't wait. It's supposed to come out, but like every month the the Reddit thread goes around. That's like, what are your predictions for the next announces? And everybody says 
Children of Men and Grand Budapest Hotel. So <laughs> eventually, <day>. eventually <laughs> we're going to get them. <laughs> I don't know. That's actually an interesting point. I, I have much, I've come to much prefer R rated movies, not because they're rated R, but because it feels like the shackles are off mm-hmm. and like, I don't know. That's not to suggest, I don't think, I don't even necessarily think that he's set out with this one to be like, this one's going to be PG 13. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like, see my rant last week the mpaa sucks <laughs> and the more power you can take away from them the better so if you just say screw it and put two f words in your movie then you can do whatever you want <laughs> yeah i don't know yeah i think just like kind of making it art i don't know it just kind of like frees up the story where like i mean you can't go like totally insane with it because then they slap a nc-17 on there um but yeah like you can get like a little more colorful with the language which can like really further story i don't there's really hardly any language in this one so i think but every time they do curse it's hilarious yeah because then they're like <laughs> part of my french um what did she say where the hell are you why are you cursing at me <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i think because this one is about kids like it probably would have been harder to slip a bunch of f words in there you know that's true so i mean it yeah, definitely. I think the PG-13 works better for this one. But I think for me personally, the rated R ones work better comedically. Yeah. You know. Well, and that's like I said, like my two favorites are Royal Tenenbaums and Grand Budapest Hotel. Same here. So. You've seen Royal Tenenbaums, right, Becca? Yeah, I have. It's been a few years, though. And I don't know if I can choose a favorite. That movie is so good. It's It is. That was the first of his that I ever saw. Me too. Because I showed it to you, right? Yep. yep. <laughs> Gosh, that movie's so good. We'll have to do that for the podcast sometime. Yes, please. Um, all right. Well, not to end on on a dour note, but anything else? I think... I still really like I was going to say, I was going to say, we, I think we can all three agree that while at varying degrees, we all very much enjoyed this movie yep. and all very much think that it is worth watching. And any knocks that we have on it are not necessarily against it it's just that his others are so good (laughs) yeah yeah i agree i really love this movie and i love the other ones but i definitely like it more than the two of you like it i think and i don't know i feel like we just have to mention the colors like in every wes anderson movie thank you they're just so bright and vibrant and just like incredible it looks like the wizard of oz Mm -hmm. yeah like it looks like technicolor it's amazing yeah Mm -hmm. and there's like some shots where it's like kind of cloudy and foggy and it just yeah it looks so good this movie it it honestly does it looks incredible was it nominated for anything sid do you know off the top of your head uh best writing original screenplay that's deserved Mm -hmm. um and i think the color in, I think this is one of the reasons why I really love Wes Anderson is because all of his movies are like this. Mm-hmm. They're all so just rich and full of colors that you usually don't see mm-hmm. and very like eccentric and it makes it really fun to watch and I would just watch it for the colors because it's so visually appealing. Mm-hmm. This is the freaking Argo year. Oh, Hopefully we look back and see Green Book 
like an Argo. Yeah, hopefully. Except for the like Argo it. is way better than Green Book. I haven't even seen Green Book. Argo's not bad. I need to watch it. Argo just shouldn't have lost to like half the movies that came out. Oh, yeah. In any case. Uh, anything else anybody wants to say? Or are we good? I think we're good. Yeah. I mean, there's not a ton to talk about with this one. I don't think it's just a good watch. Solid movie. Very fun. Short. You can get through it. This movie is a sprint. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like it puts on the gas and doesn't let up. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Um, well, let's turn it over to some Waka Waka Trivia, Sid, and then we'll come back for our, our final takes. Okay. Um, yeah. So I don't have too much of this one, um, but kicking us off at the end of filming, um, Cara Hayward got to keep the kitten that Susie has in the movie, and Jared Gilman got to keep the backpack that Sam used. Well, why wouldn't they? That's yeah, awesome. I would probably Does he get take... to keep the cap? You should be able to keep that raccoon cap. What? The, his hat. Oh, no. He should have. He should have. Because that was the coolest thing in the whole movie. <laughs> um, the dance scene on the beach was safe for the very end of filming, so they would be comfortable with each other. Because you're like in your undies and dancing around. Talking about boners. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the Susie finding the coping with the troubled child um, was based off of a similar experience from Wes Anderson. Uh, where apparently he found something like that. Um, and that helped him like write this character. Makes um, sense. Opened in only four theaters. Um, and two in New York, two in Los Angeles. But each theater earned over one hundred sixty thousand dollars per screen. So wow. I mean yeah. his name his name carries some weight though. Oh, like yeah. I, that's not entirely surprising. Yeah, for sure. Um, but this is his smallest budget, uh, six million dollars. Jeez, that's pretty small. Everybody in this film must have worked for charity, man. Yeah. You're talking six million bucks to get Bruce Willis, Bill Murray, Tilda Swinton, Francis McDormand, Edward Norton. Jeez. Yeah. They must do it. They, they must have just done this one for the love of the game, honestly. Yeah. Like, I mean, he he reuses a lot of those. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're all so. friends with him. And yeah. Um, and then, so these were the four director trademarks that stuck out to me. Let's just see what you guys think of these director trademarks. Uh, dead dogs. Um, it doesn't bode well for Isle of Dogs. Absent or deceased parent. Uh, divorce and uh, strained marriage. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's true, but like, I don't know. They just seem like weird things, but it's also like... They do pop up in all of his movies yeah, that I've it's seen. True. Like, they definitely pop up, but like, I don't know, they don't have as much weight to them, like as much depressive weight to them mm-hmm. because of the ambiance of the whole movie. Yeah. So... Yeah, not too much trivia, but there's the best for you. All righto. Well, Becca, your final thoughts in square to 10. All right. Um, I feel like I've pretty much said everything that I want to say about this movie. I think it's fantastic, and I do think that it's one that I'll think about for a while. I think it's a pretty special movie, so I'm really glad that we did it. Um, I'm having a hard time deciding what to rate it and I may change this in the future because what I want to rate it feels a little bit low to how I feel but I'm just going to go with it so I'm going to rate Moonrise Kingdom 8.9 
still that's lower than you said wow yeah that's really high (laughs) yeah that's good i know it's high but like i i feel like i i liked it more than that but i don't think it's more than an 8.9 right now that's fair like we said sometimes movies have to marinate a little bit yep sid what do you got um yeah i think so while like i didn't love it as much as i wanted to i did like it more than the first time watching it um it's still a very enjoyable movie like it's it's one that i would rewatch um for sure um but yeah i pretty much said everything that i had to say on it um yeah but i like i definitely have like after i saw this one i just was just like i didn't really like wes anderson i just like didn't like his whole deal but i'm very glad that i've become repentant and repented for my sins all hail wes anderson um i'm gonna give this an 8.3 righto um yeah again i think i've said everything i need to say very enjoyable like it a lot um i'm gonna throw this one i'm gonna, I'm gonna do an 8.5 right in the middle between you two kind of right. you said eight three right mm-hmm. eight three eight five eight nine eight six yeah sure sure holy moses folks that ties it with both grand budapest hotel and prisoners huh it's two weeks in a row we've had the same score yeah and to your point, Sid, this is one that honestly, like, I could see myself liking it a lot more after watching it a second time. Yeah. So. Which I, yeah, I definitely did. Everything I say, keep that in mind. Yeah. Also, I, sorry, I know we, like, already closed this off, but, like, this was the very first one of his that I ever saw. And so, like, you know, it, it was very different than the movies I was used to. Yeah. So. Well, there we go, folks. Uh, that concludes our discussion of... Moonrise Kingdom. We're going to get into some other topics now. I have a couple things I want to bring up. Um, and then Sid has watched some movies that she's going to uh, regale us on. First of all, have you heard anything about his upcoming film coming out next year? Oh, you bet your... I have. Because the love of my life's in it. <laughs> That's, I didn't know he was in it until I just looked it up. Woo! Um, so this actually looks really good. French Dispatch, coming out 2020, plot unknown, but reported to be set in France after World War II. Hmm. Cast list. Uh, Leah Seydoux? I don't know her. But Elizabeth Moss. Oh, she's a French actress. Oh. Elizabeth. In, sorry. Let's go. Uh, blue is the warmest color. So. Oh. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, Elizabeth Moss, Tilda Swinton, uh, Saucy Ronan. Timothy Chalamet, Kate Winslet, Bill Murray, Willem Dafoe, Francis McDormand, Benicio Del Toro, Jason Swordsman, Christoph Waltz, Owen Wilson, Adrian Brody, Henry Winkler. Hello. Oh what is this God, cast? Geez. This cast looks amazing. Throw wow. in uh, Jeff Goldblum and you've got a winner of all time. Seriously, what is this cast? Oh my gosh. Like, this is like in the running to beat Dune in cast. And that's not even the full cast. Who yeah. else is on here? Um... Jeffrey Wright, uh, the same narrator as this one, as Moonrise Kingdom, and those are like the last two that I recognize. Yeah, everybody else I don't know. But yeah. seriously, like they filled an entire unexpanded cast list with just amazing picks. Yeah, I've seen um, 
some pictures of the set and it it looks good like i'm, I'm looking at some right now i'm ready especially if this is like in kind of a similar idea to grand budapest hotel where it has like political undertones like into that mm-hmm. love it i just want to make sure that you i'm sure that you like just have a twitter alert set for any time <laughs> that anybody tweets the name Tim- timothy chalamet yeah pretty much but i wanted to make sure that you knew of course i knew who do you think i am right um also uh just so you guys know we are down to less than a month before the re- release of midsummer yeah it's gonna happen Woo-hoo. i'm ready i'm there <laughs> opening night july 2nd 7 p.m let's go Woo. let's do Better it make sure i have work off yep so whether you work or not i'm going on july 2nd at 7 p.m i don't think i work so we're and good. then i'm gonna go again <laughs> that saturday and we're gonna do that for the podcast okay so i'm gonna nice. see it twice that week guaranteed it's happening so you guys can look forward to that it's gonna be a great fun time we're very excited just you know some really crazy uh swedish pagan rituals let's make it happen folks did you see what they posted on like their instagram yeah the like oh, festival poster so good Ugh. so good love it um finally uh just before it clicks off of us what do we watch becca uh we haven't watched any movies but we finished chernobyl which is incredible it's only five episodes on hbo you should watch it it's so 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 so, so, so good it really is that's all i mean there's not much to say about it Mm -hmm. except that it was good so good it does uh, i i don't know i could talk about it to death it does a really good job of mostly accurately portraying the events uh the only issue I have with it is that it portrays the events very accurately, but without explaining context, which is not the movie's response. It's not the, the show's responsibility to explain its context. So that's fine. But if you're not familiar with Soviet era politics and kind of the brainwashing that went on, then you might think that it's not portraying it accurately because of how wacky people act. And I had Andrew the whole time just like pausing it and explaining things to me. It's yeah. really fun for her to watch things like that. <laughs> no, it actually is. Like <laughs> I'm <laughs> like it doesn't bother me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sid, what do you got for us? Um I watched Dallas Buyers Club. Oh, you finally finished it? Yes, I did. Nice. Um it was really good. Uh it's probably with like kind of those biopic ones um they're usually not really ones that i would like want to watch again um but it was really good super super solid performances because um, both mcconaughey and jared leto won for that one right yeah um and even though i really don't like jared leto he's really really good in it excuse yourself i'm sorry i'm just not a fan of his methods but so. you haven't seen blade runner so it's fine yeah that's true um yeah so that one was good and then i watched do the right thing today oh how was that i really liked it 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 hasn't quite set in for me yet because i just watched it today um and it also like there was only the second spike lee movie i've ever seen and it's after black lensman yeah um and it's pretty wacky like just like his filming style and like it's it's very influenced by the 80s for sure um 
but it's great and like once it like gets more serious and like gets to like the real meat of the movie fantastic i loved it great um and then i am almost done with Broadchurch, which is so good oh my gosh i like i got my whole family into it now it's so good i wish i could watch it again for the first time olivia coleman is the love of my life so. Also, if you ever need to pick me up, just go watch her Oscar acceptance speech because it's the greatest thing ever. Oh my gosh. After like someone tweeted the all of her acceptance speeches to the theme of the favorite and <laughs> I retweeted and said, this is my only solace in the, this hellscape that is the Oscars. And it's true. Yep. We love her. She love her. is a treasure. It's true. She's a national treasure for the Brits. I wish she was one for ours, but anyway, we still love her. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, considering we only recorded three days ago. Yeah. We had to move up our schedule a bit on this one, guys, because yeah. Becca works on Saturday. Yep. Lame. In any case. Um, anything else that's pressing? Mm, no, I don't think so. All right. Well, folks, uh, you... Inhaled like you were gonna say something. No, were you I not? just needed to breathe. I mean that's reasonable, but there are degrees of breathing, right? There's just like your standard whatever, and then you did like a. <gasps> Sorry, when I like talk about things, I forget to breathe sometimes, and then after I'm like, uh, 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 and that was it. It was great podcasting. I loved those sounds. <laughs> Excuse me, it's for you, listeners. All right, everybody. Uh, this will bring our episode to a close. If you want to get in contact with us, as I said before, contact at wewatchpodcast.com. Uh, you can also slide into the DMs on facebook.com slash wewatchpodcast. Uh, Instagram at wewatchpodcast. Twitter at wewatchpodcast. Um, I think that's it. We love you. We appreciate you. Uh, tell your mom about the podcast. We want your mom to listen to this so that she can tell her friends. We want to... We wanna, uh, increase the age of our average listener, I think. Let's get some boomers in here, guys. <laughs> All right. We love you. That's it. I'm Andrew. I'm Becca. I'm Sid. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.